Welcome to the Justify Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Justified on FX. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season one, episode seven, The Smoking Gun. Uh, Aaron, what do you think about this episode? Uh, pretty good episode. Um, you know, we've been following this gun. I mean, this is cla- this is classic Justify, classic Elmer Leonard. We've been fi- fi- following this gun, pachinkoing all over the board. Who's got it? when they've got it who gave it to who and then tomo gets his hands on it and just throws it out a window into the river mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what was supposed to happen to it what way back in episode two um yep. and so now what so now how do we take uh you know what what kind of situation has Raylan got himself into by the end of this episode um there's a couple things that I'm not sure is tracking, but I'm also not willing to take the uh, show to task on it because honestly, I've missed a couple things in the last few weeks. Uh, like completely forgot uh, a listener pointed out that uh, Carolyn had instructed Trinell to hide the gun from both Sweetie and Clem a few episodes back. So of course it wasn't there to jukebox and it wasn't under the beneath the bar. Tri- um, there's a couple of others, mm. but it's like, so it's like, yeah. I don't know if everything absolutely connects. Um, and also still it's, I, I don't know, I, I guess the implication of this judge book is it goes all the way to the top and like every, everyone who's anyone in Detroit is connected to it. It seems like uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. That's, I guess that's the, the big thing. I don't know that you can tell a, a federal officer, <laughs> we're corrupt as fuck down here and doing whatever we want with evidence. What are you going to do about it? And actually that be, I mean, that's something, you know, this, this book is originally about like, I think either private eye or an out of town detective passing through on vacation or something. You might be able to get away with doing that. Just some jurist, my diction crap, but, but a marshal and a federal judge is killed over it. I feel like somebody is going to take a look at it. I don't know. Uh, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think, um, you know, <laughs> it's pretty obvious now. Maureen was the mole. Uh, everybody had kind of predicted that. And I wasn't totally sure last episode. I thought there could be other explanations for the tip-offs. But, yeah, we, we find out with, in no uncertain terms this time that she's definitely the mole. Um, I, I, I guess I'm going to have to come to a compromise with... Uh, Brill, I'm gonna have to stop calling him douche cop. This is this is my compromise. I'll stop calling him douche cop. I'll ca- he's still an asshole, but I'll use his real name. How about that? <laughs> I don't know why I have to back off a of comment of douche. He's still like <laughs> not above because of the points here up the river that don't deserve it. It's just he thinks in mm-hmm. his gut that it's they, you know but he it, thinks they do deserve it is the thing. But you know. But he he is not as big of a shitbag as Marine, who will send an Afghanistan veteran, homeless Afghanistan yep. veteran, up the river for a lifetime, double t- lifetime ride for doing. N- but I don't know. Like, just fuck, to I feel like keep, Bri- cover her own ass, you know. Yeah, I mean, she's but in I, this book. I'm sure. I feel like Brill in real life wouldn't do this. I feel like he'd be like, "Yeah, fuck that guy. Burnt them girls. Burnt that dead girl's legs. He's going yeah, up probably, the river. Probably, you know." But here he doesn't, but, and so he earns some points. So I'll call him Brill now. All that's right. what he gets. That's I'll what he wins. I'll still call him asshole. I think that's where <laughs> okay. Raylan lands with it. <laughs> He's just some asshole. He's you're not in the book, but you're just you're just you're just an asshole. Yeah, uh, and, and I really like the 
let's call it a showdown between Raylan and uh, Clem here. I think like the dialogue in that scene is really good. It's it's kind of the exciting stuff that I want to see from Raylan. I, I yeah, wish I we got more of that, but we'll see how it goes. Plus, uh, as a feedbacker at the end of the episode points out, this has been this is consistent with Raylan's arc. You know, um, he started the show when Nona says, "I think you're the angriest man I've ever met." And the fina- season finale, she says, "I think you're the most stubborn man I've ever met." And he goes, "Let's well, an improvement from anger." Like he's, you're, he's. This is a less angry Raylan. Sure. I am shocked. I am shocked that uh, we haven't seen his daughter again. Yeah, like Seems I like she really thought that was going to. I, I think they'll have another cameo. Like they'll, you know, be looking uh-huh. an ice cream cone on a bench in Miami or something at the end of this episode. At the end of next episode, but like, yeah, I thought that would be the catalyst to kind of unleash old Raylan. Uh, yeah, because yeah, like it's going to be corruption, not not threats to his family. Yeah, I mean, Clem grabs his daughter, and I'm like, yeah, Rayleigh's <laughs> fucking weapons free, dude. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's. Like I said, it's it's um, it's a really Elmore Leonard episode. It's really good, and I am I have no idea how Raylan's going to get out of this because I feel like the Albanians are just going to kill Raylan because they don't want to, but they know that he's a federal fucking officer, and you're just going to blow someone's brains out and just be like, "We're cool, right?" You know, you're going to not know all of our names and faces and. And you're just going to, you know, not yeah. make this a big deal. They have, they have to kill him. So like, Raylan's got to get out of here, get get out of this somehow. Yeah, unless Raylan gets to Clem first, he's pretty pissed off. Uh, and and what do we'll we think about? I, I guess Carolyn selling. If that's true, did Carolyn sell Raylan up the river? Um, I don't know about that. I think they might just be working on the same goal in different ways. And a lot like the meet that happened last episode, it just kind of didn't work out for Raylan. Um, this is two, I'm two not sure episodes yet. in a row where Carolyn's shit is fucking up with the other people's shit. And the other people's shit uh-huh. would have been cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I like you, Carolyn. Stop fucking with the cool shit. Can we mm-hmm. have a sh- Can we have something cool happen? Yeah. Yeah. I think next episode, something cool will happen. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it better. It better. It's been, it better. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a minute. All mm-hmm. the cool things have been done by Clem in the last few episodes, and I don't like that. Yeah. Also, uh, a, a great lesson for young men: don't simp. <laughs> you can love <laughs> okay, women. You sure. can celebrate women. You can support women. Don't you fucking simp for them? You simp mm-hmm. for them. This is you, you invent a ten million dollar app and you get your brains blown out by some crazy redneck from Oklahoma when you start simping. That's what happens. That's where it leads. That's where it leads. Yeah, be more like girl. Skinder. You know, he learned his yeah. lesson. Yeah, he ain't gonna walk right again. Another simper. He's gonna walk with a, a limp the rest of his life because. But he'll never simp again. That that's for sure. Dude, I thought he might. I'm like, this <laughs> when he guy, starts smiling and and you know sheepishly but, laughing, yeah. But no, he dug deep and found a stone cold Albanian <laughs> deep within him because he was not. You know, sent me once, shame on me. Sent me twice, you'll never sent me again. I think is is what a great man <laughs> said. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't don't be simping, guys. Don't be simping. Yeah, I think that was Alexander Hamilton said that. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, maybe we should get into the recap, yeah? Let's do it. 
ain't nothing in life that ever comes for free. That's why we have an ad break. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. All new Pulp and Prestige this week. On Tuesday, we'll cover the latest episode of The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live on Pulp. And on Thursday, we'll catch up with the latest Samurai subterfuge on FX Hulu's Shogun. Then on our House of the Dragon feed, Anthony puts on his Maester's class on Monday. And then on Thursday, Steve joins him for Electric Bookaloo as they continue their discussion of George R.R. Martin's A Clash of Kings. Find these and many of our other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Prestige in your favorite podcast app. FX is adapting James Clavell's best-selling novel, Shogun, into a 10-part miniseries this spring. Set in the shogunate period of Japan at the turn of the 15th century, Shogun depicts the rise of a feudal lord to Shogun, as seen through the eyes of a shipwrecked English sailor. It's loosely based on the real-life exploits of William Adams and Tokugawa Ieyasu. Shogun has already been successfully adapted back in 1980 with a widely acclaimed miniseries starring Richard Chamberlain. Featuring intricate plots, political scheming, complex characters, and thrilling action. This time, husband and wife team Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo try to recapture the successes of the novel and early adaptations while increasing the levels of historical and cultural accuracy that are often perceived as flaws of this and similar works. Starring Hiroyuki Sonata from The Last Samurai, Mortal Kombat, and John Wick 4, with Cosmo Jarvis of Peaky Blinders, Raised by Wolves, etc., joining the truly massive cast required to bring this complex world to life. Join Aaron and I each week as we deep dive into each episode, uncovering the mysteries, the intrigue, and the glory of Shogun. Shogun premieres on FX Hulu Tuesday, February 27th at the two-part debut. Our podcast will release each Thursday thereafter. Get our Shogun coverage by searching for Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Home is wherever the podcast takes me. Welcome back to the Justified Podcast. We start off in Detroit, Michigan in 1988. It's a flashback to Sweetie playing jazz club. A young Carolyn sits near the stage and watches. And after his set, Sweetie goes outside. He's bullshitting with his friends. He tells him uh, why Carolyn's with him tonight, which is her father, you know, had uh, some bad luck. I think he probably killed himself. And so he's promised to babysit while her mom's out. And then he takes them all out to uh, the husk of a building that eventually is going to be Sweetie's bar. It's an interesting sketch of a scene. It kind of walks back a lot of what I thought about Sweetie last episode. Oh, yeah? Um, What were you thinking about Sweetie last episode? The Sweetie was like, you know, uh, uh, not exactly mobbed up, but like street smart. Um, Mm -hmm. Like a, a guy to be taken seriously by other serious men. When I talk about serious people, I'm talking about people who are willing to break the law and murder over it, right? Uh, between Carolyn calling him a chump and seeing him kind of bullshit about being tough with his bandmates, it's like I, I feel like they're showing a guy who really wanted to be a flash musician and had all the tools to do it, got mixed up with the wrong crowd, and I don't know, wants to be gangster in the kind of same way Clem wants to be a blues musician, and neither one of them just quite got it. Yeah, I almost wanted uh, this to be a flashback to when he met Clem because 
I want to know how he got into that life, right? Because he doesn't seem on that trajectory in this scene. But I think something I think, is going to intervene. I don't think they're ever going to come out and say it, but I swear that you're supposed to understand that uh, Sweetie was was like, um, sh- God damn, what's her fuck? This woman's name, Shelly, Sandy, Sandy, Jesus, uh, the S and the Y. Uh, Sandy. I, I think the sweetie was Sandy one point. They even got the S and the Y thing going. Sure. Yeah. I think Clem put hmm. the bisexual curve on Sweetie and just roped him roped him in. Mm-hmm. Saw saw him in the bathroom, saw him uh got a glimpse of his tidy whitey was someone was like, Oh yeah. No, oh, I mean yeah, tidy I mean, whitey <laughs> man. I'm down. <laughs> You're being fun. But like if you look at like it seems like Sweetie does have a taste for flashy, good looking young men. And I think yeah. Clem is that. And like, I see mm-hmm. it's like, I, I did like when they were dancing to Kokomo, I'm like, that kind of gives you this kind of old, you know, old, old lovers kind of, kind of feeling. So I, that, cause that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Like what would turn his head? What would yeah. take him off of this trajectory? Yeah. And we can, you know, guess all we want, but it'd be nice to see a scene that kind of yeah. told us that. Um, yeah. I, it's. I think it's kind of cool because this isn't vital to the plot. I think it's kind of cool to, in the margins to let you know these stories kind of be up to whatever people uh, want to believe. But I mean, because mm-hmm. the story they've consistently told us, Sweetie is a very nice guy who looks out as for his community. He is. They are not successfully telling the story that he is a, a successfully tough guy. You know, he's not like a wise guy. He's not like a gangster. Yeah. And yeah, they almost just... got me there. But then again, it's like, I don't know why he sits across the table from another washed up dude that works for the bulldozer. And all suddenly I'm like, oh, my God, this is like when Butch brokered peace with uh, uh, what's his face from Pulp Fiction. You know, it's like sat down across the street from uh, Marcus uh, Marcellus Wallace. You know, it's like, no, nah, it wasn't that <laughs> hmm. it was an old washed up maybe goon with another old washed up uh, goon accessory. And it uh, wasn't exactly capturing the glory days, I guess. Yeah, it's starting to feel like um, some of the other reasons he gave, like he just doesn't like hearing the way that people talk about him now. Um, that kind of thing might be more why he's still doing this stuff. He wants yeah, it a name. You, it's it's get, get your respect back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we... We, lo- we learned a lot about his relationship with Carolyn in this episode, and I think that was important. So I'm glad we That's do important. get this scene. Yeah, that's the other thing is just how much she just worshipped him. Like, um, mm-hmm. How much responsibility just, he felt for her. That yeah, kind of he, she's go, he's going to all these clubs, and she's got, uh, you know, apparently uh, she's a, a 10, 11-year-old that appreciates jazz and thinks that's really cool, and she's just, you can just tell, she just thinks he's the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. And it really, it you, you believe it when she shows up at the bar and she's just bereft, you know, she can't even like have an outburst. It's just, she's just worn out by it. And like she tells Clem, like you killed the closest thing to a father I ever had. Um, and these scenes, mm-hmm. like, you know, they talked about it, but you got to see it in this cold open. Right. Uh, then we're going to fast forward 35 years and Sweetie's dead. Raylan shows up at the scene of the crime and a teary-eyed Carolyn says, Sweetie was a chump. He was a chump. Is this because he worked a straight job as a bartender? Um, <sighs> yeah, that's the... Uh, I, I don't know because, like, it's there's... 
I'm not exactly sure how to parse that. There's part of it that is like, okay, when she says chump, it's kind of the same way that Sweetie talked about, like, maybe I'm tired of loaning my car out and it coming back and scratch and people swear it was there before. That, like, he does give the shirt off his back, but maybe more so than it would be to be healthy. And this is like the, you know, him getting killed and getting burnt out over potentially an ex-boyfriend. I mean, that's, that's, that's some high, that's, that's, uh, that's, some, that's some first class simpery, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I was trying to parse that too. And I, I think, I think that's it, right? He was not carving his own path. He was kind of following Clem down Clem's path. And I think that's the jump part. Well, and the fact that, like, I think the other thing is because the reason, because Sweetie could have done this the right way and testified and sent Clem away, mm-hmm. but he didn't want to do it. Why? Because he didn't want to have that reputation. He didn't want to be seen as a snitch, a chump, a loser, right? And there's, like, some kind of bitterness, I think, to this uh, delivery that, like, you know, you went around this whole way trying to do it your way. And, you know, now look. Is there, are anyone going to remember you at all? You know, I, I thought there's a little bit of that mm-hmm. there, too, that he'd be kind of by desperately trying to avoid becoming that thing. He kind of became that thing. Gotcha. Uh, and then Raylan and Carolyn go up to Trinell's apartment. He's taking the loss pretty hard and wants to move to New Mexico, get away from people. Before he goes, though, he gives them Clem's gun. We were questioning whether Trinell survived the blast. Well, yeah, he did. He wasn't close enough to be killed. Yeah, it wasn't even close enough to be scratched up. Or no, harmed. he was fine. So, yeah. Yeah, he was just, fine. Just rattled his cage a little. Yeah. And I felt bad the second time I watched this where, you know, with tears in his eyes, he gives his gun over. It's like, are you sure you can use this and put this guy away? And Raylan's like, I am I am sure. Mm-hmm. I like how they play uh, it with the, the shirt, right? It's wrapped in one of uh, Sweetie's shirts and you're like, what is he doing? Is he just like, he gets goes over the drawer, gets the shirt out. And I think like, is he mourning Sweetie? Is he going to like give a you know monologue about how much sweet he meant to him and then he clunks on the table and you're like oh okay i see there's a gun in there yeah yeah it's like the the, <laughs> the fact that it's been a mcguffin all season and they just throw it out the window it's, it's <laughs> never not be i laughed out loud when that happened when he's like oh this murdered yeah. a weapon yoink it's like well, it wouldn't have sank before face too. It, it just wouldn't have sank before but now that it has all that emotional weight Oh yeah, attached right to, to it, the yeah, right, to right the to the bottom. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was funny when he asked, "You sure you can use this?" When he's talking about a gun to Raylan, Raylan can always use a gun. True, always, one way or True. another. Uh, Clem's pissed that Sandy t- sold his painting, and Sandy doesn't understand why he cares. You threw away a Stanley Garlic. He has no idea what that means. <laughs> what an idiot. No one has any idea what this means. This uh, is the third, fourth straight week I've gone to Google on hands and knees, like the Oracle at Delphi, and said, what is Stanley Garlic? Stanley Garlic artist, Stanley Garlic painting. What is Stan... I, I, I think they made this up. I'm with, I, mm-hmm. I'm with Sandy. Who gives a shit about Stanley Garlic? This is like an epic no troll. Yeah. The only person who gives think- a shit about Stanley Garlic is David Cross. 
That's it. I think it would be hilarious if this is an AI generated name and piece of art just for them to thwart at the attempts for people to look for meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I'm trained, man. I see a picture of a guy rowing a boat in a doctor mm-hmm. office and Breaking Bad. I'm writing that shit down and making five minutes on a podcast about it. I see Don Draper catch a picture of fucking Ulysses or something. Uh, to fight and fighting Perseus. I'm like, ooh, that's got to have some meat. <laughs> Stanley Garlic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Stanley Garlic is a garbage pail kid, as far as I can t- tell. I love it. I, I love the way it's just like wholesale making this thing up. There was a thread on Reddit about has anyone tried gar- Googling Stanley Garlic? And it's, yeah, like if well, if there is a Stanley Garlic and he's real, would you please step forward and let us know? Justified at baldmove.com. Because it's kind of driving me crazy. I've never had this much, this little luck at finding a cultural reference. Uh, and then at the end of the scene, Clem leaves, you know, presumably to go get the painting back, but we'll see. Uh, Raylan asks Marine to take Sweetie's gun to ballistics to see if it's the gun from the Judge Guy murder. Um, boy, in retrospect, this re- scene really sucks. <laughs> not, not that the scene is bad, but like, God damn it. You're just putting it in the hands of somebody who's going to misuse it. Yeah. And <laughs> and you see Brill like looking over too in this scene. They walk by him a couple times, and he's like eyeing Marine and Raylan as they walk out of the room. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, is, is he the mole? Is he gonna interfere in this? You know? Yeah. What do you call that? He's like a he's like a bad cop, but he's not a corrupt cop. He's being a bad hmm. cop for, as as a free agent on an amateur basis. No one's paying him. He's just. Yeah, yeah I fucking think you're guilty and eh, you didn't do these particular crimes but but you did some crime but yeah yeah so, I, I caught that on second watch too the brill was kind of clocking or something oh yeah some dirty deal going down here yeah it'll have a different context entirely by the end of the episode uh and then Clem steals a car he likes them old apparently big and old is how he likes his cars oh, the falling down ceiling was a nice touch like this like he said <laughs> like i he, didn't notice that yeah you look at that cherry ride that he picked off uh-huh. at the, in the the pie and now he's like yeah it's like one of those things where the ceiling's sagging he's a tall dude with spiky haircut i guarantee that stuff is just rubbing Ugh, rubbing on the driving and driving him crazy mm-hmm. but uh was there something significant about that stone cube uh i don't just like, think so i think it was just meant to say what's he gonna do with this as they're kind of close up walking around with it it definitely gave me the fugitive vibes. Like, is okay. he going to cave Sandy Skull in with mm-hmm. this? But no, I think he just busts a window open and that's it. Seems like it. Uh, I think uh, he likes those old cars because he can hotwire them. It's it's kind of his motif, right? Well, he says right? it's about the, the tape system. But yeah, I don't think so. I think it's about not being able to hotwire these cars. Because you can't do that with like a 2023 Mitsubishi or something. Uh, yeah, but there's like three uh, types of car and I know Hyundai is one of them have you seen this where like the rates of these three particular v- uh, make of automobile I think it's like Hyundai Kia and something else has just gone through the roof in major metropolitan areas because there is a known flaw that you can like pop these things open with like a cell phone and an app alright <laughs> good so wow. he just needs to he just needs to you know get into an all new uh kia sorrento and mm-hmm. uh now finding one at the tape deck yeah you're not gonna find that for sure maybe it's a combination he likes that he can hotwire them and he likes he also does like yeah. the tape deck yeah 
uh yeah i i just couldn't help but think like this fits into his motif where he's like ah fuck venmo you know i can't steal from people with venmo i can't hotwire these new cars he's just outmoded right yeah 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 uh and then raylan goes over to pay sandy a visit to warn her that he has clem's gun and it takes her a while to realize what that means um but raylan points out the obvious what clem might do to her when he finds out that raylan has the gun and Sandy and, kind of breaks down at the end of this scene. Yeah, because this is him killing Sweetie. Yeah. I think that's what really scared her because, yep. you know, he's like, well, you know, they, Sweetie's known him for a long time and they've had this kind of like back and forth relationship. But Sweetie's important to him and he would never kill Sweetie. Mm-hmm. Now he's killed Sweetie. You know, the man he swore, it's like, I'm never going to kill the guy who played with. Uh, yeah, I can't remember if that was um, who, who exactly name checked. I don't think it's the same guy as uh, the Big Ears comment, but um, I don't think it's Miles, Miles Davis. Davis, but um, yeah, I mean, she realizes, you know, if he could kill Sweetie, he could do the same to me just as easily. Yeah, he's known me a hell of a lot. We were a lot less important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then but she yeah, says, it's, it's I funny because like, in like big trouble. I always enjoy Raylan, his reaction, his like de- like depressed view of humanity reaction to because he's trying to like get empathy. It's like, did you know that uh, mm-hmm. Skinder, Lal Garage, he's uh, you permanently crippled him? Did you know that this has happened? Did you know, and like nothing but like Sweetie, someone important to her, she starts getting sad about. It. You can always see like there's a flicker of disappointment in Raylan's eyes. Like, mm. damn, people just aren't real to you. Like. Yeah. Unless you let let's you've like shared their bed or had a drink with them, they're just like fucking NPCs to do do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I always say it's been kind of like because I've been rewatching Justified in the background the last few months, and it's always something they always give a little reaction to Rayland's kind of like ah oh, god, a little bit of him dies. Uh, yeah. I, what'd you th- um uh, for, for not just for no reason? Did what'd you think of Sandy's outfit this episode? Uh, I don't recall registering it. I mean, she's super cute. She looks good about everything, but she's wearing like a bridal, like a floral bridal bra and like a slip. And I thought at first it's like, oh, Raylan caught her out of her shift and she's just, you know, wearing her underwear around kind of a weird mismatched pair. But she wore that shit to the airport. It's a god awful <laughs> outfit. Nothing I mean, she matches. had to leave in a hurry, man. Good. She was in bed. She had to go. I guess. I guess. Um. Yeah, I don't know whether they're supposed to there's just suggest because I also noticed her hair's not as good the last episode or two, and I think that's hmm. deliberate. Like stress getting to her. Yeah, it's a lot limper. She's not like you know spend as much time dolling it up. Maybe she only dolled it up when she had a, a, a mark that she was trying to make. But mm-hmm. um, maybe she's just looking more bedraggled in general because she is. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I haven't really noticed it, but that would make sense. Then Carolyn goes home to find Clem in her house, and he, depending on your point of view here, he either tells her the story of how he murdered his mother and buried her body, or how a tornado carried her away. I told you that tornado story is coming back. It came back, yeah. And nobody believed it in the first place. A tornado does not carry your mother away. This is not Twister. <laughs> they only carry fathers away. They're <laughs> hanging on to... A tornado shelter door. That's the only time uh-huh. they can get sucked up in, in there. I, I believe that he killed his mother and buried the body. It, because, I, because of a later scene with Carolyn 
where we we start to understand why he might say I thought you would understand because that's what he does in the scene he he tells her the story thinking she'll like sympathize with him but we don't mm. really know why and then I feel like later in this episode we'll figure it out he uh it's just a really there's a lot of interesting details like this thing is shot really creepy it looks like a storm's coming I notice there's a Hawaiian shirt blowing on the line okay like is that his dad? Was that her mom's John's? Is like where did he? You know he's picked yeah. up off the li- that off the line after he shot his mom and never looked back. But the way he described like I wanted the last thing she saw before I slipped three and a half inches of cold steel down her throat. But I'm like, dude, holy Oedipus! What the hell's going on with this <laughs> this guy? But I yeah. don't know. It could be. I, I got a. I got a very clear Heath Ledger Joker vibe, where he just is saying whatever he thinks will say to fuck with people. I don't think any of this shit's true. Hmm. It, it's possible. It's certainly possible. Do you think we'll get a definitive, or is this going to be something like I think this Heath is Ledger it. Joker, where who the hell knows, which is the real story, if any of them? Yeah, I think that's it. That's all we're gonna get on that. We'll see. Um, uh, so so she says, you know, fuck your mother, fuck you. I don't care about any of that. Clem slams her against the fridge and threatens to return anytime he wants. That's a really convincing stage joking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she she really sold the grab of his arm and throwing her head. Like, I, that when he slammed her against that fridge, holy hell, that was some good, that's a good stunt work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also, scary. Carolyn coming home in her athletic wear. You 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 still don't see what Raylan's seeing here. I mean, she, look, she's trying to keep it tight. I'm trying, trying. All right, all right. Defying gravity, but all right. Um, <laughs> look, athletic wear goes a long way. You stuff me into some sausage casing athletic wear, I look pretty good too. But without it, I'm a mess. Yeah, you're about a third of the woman that Carolyn is. <laughs> here what you're wearing, so fair. We gotta get out of this time alive. We'll be right back. Rick, how you doing, buddy? You, you don't know what it's like out there. Hey, man, do, do you even know what it's like out there? No, not really been mostly kind of flying around in helicopters, carving likenesses of Michonne in the cell phones, that kind of thing. What is it like out there? Oh, well, I think it's time to find out, man. Last I saw your wife, Michonne, was out uh, following a giant wagon train. That that sounds pretty weird, but it seems like a family-friendly outfit. I mean, she's got RJ and Judah with her, right? Um, actually, she kind of left them to be raised by Negan and Daryl. Well, crap. Hold on, let me get my boots. All right, well, Rick is getting ready. Aaron and I are too. We're preparing to once again recommission the Watching Dead out of mothball status to find out what's going on with Rick and Michonne, the ones who live. The six-part miniseries premieres Sunday, February 25th on AMC, and we'll be ready with our full episodic coverage each Tuesday. And afterwards, who knows? Maybe we'll check out Dead City. Find our coverage for The Ones Who Live by searching for The Watching Dead or Bald Move Pulp wherever you listen to podcasts.
poured me a fresh shot of bourbon. We're back with more Justified. Uh, Alright, Clem goes to see... No, not Clem. Sandy goes to see Law Garage in the hospital. You don't want Clem going there. Uh, she tries to apologize, but he won't accept it. And he tells her she's a dead woman, so she rushes out of the hospital. Yeah, that was ice cold. Cause I like I the, he really sold me on that he's gonna he's uh-huh. gonna fuck, she's gonna rope him in this guy oh can't he's shameless can't help himself no it's and good what a, what a desperation move by Sandy too they really yeah, sold I'm gonna you go like, to my, oh mark my god and try I, to patch things over so that I can get some protection here. <laughs> That I put in the hospital like two days ago. Uh huh. <laughs> I was desperate. trying to think of how many day night cycles we have. It's yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty bad. And she's working it, man. She is working mm-hmm. it so hard. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I think he convinced all of us. But he's like, you are a dead woman. Oh yeah, you fucked up. You know you can't you can't come back from that. You yeah, you try well, and steal from a man, you get him paralyzed, and now you want him to protect you and run away with you? No. Yeah, his dialogue was really funny. That 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 uh, you have broken my heart and my leg. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's it's really funny. Nah, he's great. I would have liked to see a little bit more of you know the Skinder we knew uh, before he was damaged physically and emotionally. But you know, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, he's got like Jesse Pinkman energy. Seems like mm-hmm. a lot. You know, he's got money in his pocket. He's a lot of fun. Totally. Uh, then Carolyn calls Raylan to tell him what happened with Clem. And that's just a really quick scene there. And then we go over to Sandy packing her shit when Clem gets back. She hides her bag and covers by telling him how sad she is that he never let her hear his songs. He promises to let her hear it, then he lets her have it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how they showed Sandy like almost like like the way she act. It, it, she moted like throwing up in her mouth when he penetrated her. Like this, you oh know, yeah, is just extremely degrading. And uh, yeah, whatever. But the thing is, is I was like, at first I was like, there's no way he buys this. I think, but he then she did. made it personal. Yeah, yeah. I, it was I the exact totally right play with him. It. Anything else here does not work. So does Clem simp a little bit, or is he just desperate for someone to approve of his music? It's the latter for sure. Uh, I don't think he gives a shit about Sandy, but it's somebody telling him, "I want to hear your music." I do you think that he thought she was capable of this kind of level of sophistication against him? Because maybe that's probably not. Because, like I said, it seemed an obvious thing. He comes in, the vibe's mm-hmm. off. She already sold his painting. She's kind of scared. I would think that she'd be trying to rab it. Yeah, clearly, like, you know, if you looked a little bit, she could see he's in the middle of packing, and he's just switches to this, which I thought, it's like, well, that's some way you could be, like, ice cold if, like, you suspect him, and then you're just going to take advantage of him anyway. But the way he reacted to waking up and finding her gone, no, I was genuine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's... So he's he does, uh, He's a simp for his own self-image as a jazz musician. I self-simping, yeah, that uh, that can be dangerous too. Yeah, You're high on your own supply. Yeah. Uh, then Raylan goes to Carolyn's to talk about it. What happened with Clem? Uh, she tells him about a time that I think it's her father physically abused her, and Sweetie taught her to defend herself. 
No, and then, some dude at school. Is it some dude at school? Okay. Said Dwayne's. I think she said, yeah, Dwayne, some kid Dwayne. from school. Oh, some kid from school. All right. Well, then that totally blows up my theory about uh, what she was thinking in a pre or what Clem was thinking in a previous scene. Uh, then she asked how they're going to use the gun to get Clem. Um, let me ask you this then. Let me go back to that scene when Clem says, I thought you would understand uh, about me killing my mother. What the hell is he? Why is he on that? I. Why would she ever understand? I thought it was that she had a physically abusive father and that, you know, yeah, she's not, he, she not would get that. it because his mother sucked, but like, yeah, I, and she's never, has know. she ever talked shit about her mom? Like my mom saw or just, she's always like glorified. I don't remember. Like he was my dad. That's what she was like. And she says, mom called, you know, school called mom. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I thought sweetie had told her all about it. Maybe it was, maybe it was the, just the bully thing, you know, like some kid at school sucked. And so she would understand that way, but that's different than killing a parent. <laughs> That's yeah. way different. Well, maybe Carolyn, yeah, that's that thing. Is like maybe you're supposed to understand that Sweetie has told some of these stories to Clem uh-huh. when they were together. And, For sure, you know, I think. They, yeah. But, but, but yeah, uh, that's a far cry from what Clem claims to have done, killing his mother. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Don't, uh, don't let no, anybody so, tell you that, that it's equivalent, beating up a bully and killing your parents. I don't think that's the same. <laughs> let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Why aren't Manzel's prints on this goddamn gun? There might well, be other people's prints on them, but like Carolyn at the end of this tells Raylan, so now you got the murder weapon. How are you going to put Manzel's prints on it? And Raylan mm. kind of looks like shock slash concerned. Why? I don't know. Like I think we said like so the the chain of custody as I remember, Clem had the gun. In his mm-hmm. hand, you know, it was like fully oh, calming yeah. it, shot the judge, shot the, the judge's assistant, mm-hmm. never showed us cleaning off the prints, went up, not carefully, just had the gun palm, put it up into uh, the attic. Uh, then he sent um, Sandy to get it. She's possible. It's like her prints are on there, too. She didn't throw it. She gives it to Sweet, uh, uh, Sweetie finds it. Mm-hmm. His prints his are probably prints are on, on it. it. Trinell's prints like, are on it. Trinell's prints probably on it. I don't know why Manzel's wouldn't be like, are they worried that like so many people have handled it, that it's just going to be a partial print or it's not going to stick or maybe he thinks that Manzel's smarter than he is and he did do it. But like, that was one thing that a little bit confused me. Yeah. I'm a little confused by that too. Um, I don't know. I I was taking it as like a more poetically saying prints, but in that context, it's, it's silly to, to use it that way. It's more like, you wouldn't want you would want if you're trying to be poetic about it like how are we going to put this on Clem you wouldn't well, want to say Prince what's wild is that like it seemed to disturb Raylan like oh uh, you know like am I going to fabricate evidence but it looks like mm-hmm. the end of the episode that that was his like you're either going to draw that well uh, he's just going to kill Clem <laughs> so it's like, like it, yeah I was like I, you know there's a lots of different ways you can be bad cops um <laughs> So Raylan just two episodes ex- the, the preach about not executing people in the street that your job is to, and now he's like seven he's like hey, you know fuck this guy I'm gonna kill him I'm gonna I'm gonna get him to draw on me and then it's gonna be a loaded gun and it'll be mm-hmm. justified I would love to see the official report 
on how this gun got out of evidence on mm-hmm. a hotel bar table and got in a shootout in the middle of this Ramada Inn at the airport. I would love to see Raylan write that up, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah. So it's like one of those things where it's like, hmm, there's a sliding scale of, uh, you know, poor police work slash corruption in a justified universe. And Raylan's not completely on the side of angels. Oh, no. No, he'll go outside the law every once in a while. He'll he'll easily bait a criminal into drawing on him. So it's like what's well, like the difference in him and Brill are degrees. Like they're both willing to cook mm-hmm. something if they know a guy, but like just Raylan is a little bit more discerning about that. Sure. Yeah, that's I don't know. fair. I don't know. It's uh, it's I, I it's weird because like I felt like in the first episode they were going to maybe make a different statement about you know Raylan and cooking the books and falsifying stuff in this era but nah it doesn't seem like it there's going to play a little bit of lip service and then just Raylan's going to be Raylan yeah I think he wants to be better you know he doesn't want to do this stuff but the situation (laughs) calls for it right now you know this guy's getting off scot-free somebody's protecting him and it just pisses him off And I and get philosophically, it. I don't have a problem with Raylan killing Clem. It's just in real life, yeah. man. You can, yeah. uh, you can. There's so many examples of people being dead sure about things, and they just weren't at all. There's death people on death row getting exonerated because of new evidence and stuff going along. It's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, I, it's a process fraught with peril. I always talk about that in in terms of fiction. Like we have seen, yeah. uh, Clem in cold blood murder people. He absolutely 100% deserves whatever justice he gets from Raylan in, inside the bounds of the law or outside. Uh, and uh, by the it's, end of this episode, easy he's a psychopath. For, I don't think there's there's a way to redeem him. Like, he's just a he's no, just something. No. His empathy circuits are fused out or something. Yeah. Yeah. He, he almost takes pride in it. Um, but, but there's a, a far cry from real life vigilanteism, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ba- Batman's only certain. cool. Because he's the greatest detective in the world and he's always right. Yeah. In the real exactly. world, he's just some crazy rich asshole beating up people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if with a probably, I don't know, 73% success rate on uh, being criminals versus innocent. So Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next morning, Raylan goes to the station early and finds a minor media circus finds out that Maureen arrested Daryl Woods, the homeless vet who was questioned on the night of Judge Guy's murder, which surprises him and Carolyn, to say the least. Yeah, and, um, you know, they established that this guy is, I wouldn't say innocent in a routine. He was high on PCP, did some fucked up shit to the body, but, you know, he's an indictment of the way the system treats homeless people and people with mental illness and drug addiction more than it is uh, I think this poor guy and the fact that he's yeah. possibly going to serve double life sentences or even due to death you know I don't I don't know how they roll in Michigan seems like they repealed the death penalty a while back but you know killing a federal judge is pretty pretty serious business mm-hmm. and yeah Mo just comes across as the worst sort of villain in this yeah yeah especially when Raylan confronts her about it here in a bit uh I'm a little bit bothered that I feel like the actor gave a completely different performance as bad Mo than she did as good Mo. Mm -hmm. Like the second, like the last time we saw good Mo, good Mo was killed by dark Mo 
in that staircase when Raylan handed her the evidence. Oh, yeah. Because she kind of turned into a sneering villain. Even in this interrogation, we've seen how she interrogates people before. Mm-hmm. Like, she's way more aggressive, way bigger an asshole. Um, so yeah, it's like, I mean, it's I, that thing I, you pointed out, I think, last episode about uh, what she said to Raylan. Like, how do you make all this work? She says, you just pretend. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess I prefer my villains a little bit more like... Uh, um, like Mags Bennett where it's like she was never different mm-hmm. when she was doing good or evil she's always trying to do good by her rights you know you know, do good for the community mostly but to her family mm-hmm. but like there, it, it didn't seem like it was like two separate like you know when she's dealing an apple pie and I feel like oh my god this is a completely different Mags than I've ever seen before and her whole demeanor is different um, yeah the Mo thing it's like it's a little bit like the mask came off but you're right. They set oh, her totally. up as someone who was deliberately being false. Yeah, yeah. And not authentic. So. Yeah. Uh, if you want authenticism, just look to Brill. Brill's authentic, you know? Authentic asshole. Here's where I don't think the transmission from the City Primeval quite made it up to the main engine of the Justified. Uh, like I said, I think a high-ranked up-and-coming Detroit cop could brush off like some asshole detective from Miami or some police some just police officer from Miami that's out of town kind of you know I, I don't know exactly what the setup for a city primeval but in no way do I think a detective from Detroit police age would would tell a marshal yeah I cooked the books and I fabricated evidence on this case involving the murder of a federal judge what are you going to do about it marshall that seems insane does she that, say that directly i didn't think she said anything direct i think she just simply dismissed him like said thank you for all your help a, oh right, knowing Raylan, and getting an admission of guilt i think are two very different things though i'm just still saying like it it felt like it was pretty blatant, which read to me that like the Mo and whoever's controlling her are getting desperate or getting scared, which again, I would love to know who was actually at the top of this pulling the strings. Well, she knew but, um, as soon as she did this, she knew the consequences of it. I right? think like bringing Daryl Woods in and arresting him is an obvious tell that she's dirty. It's it. Raylan's not going to not notice that. But, you know, she could have tried, like, because he, Braylon all but said, like, look, tell me, tell what's the thing that makes this play make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she just looks at him stone cold and says, thank you for your service, Marshall. Fuck off. And, like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been interesting if she could have tried. Like, because the other thing is, like, Raylan didn't know what prints were on that gun. So she could have just said, I'm, I don't have to tell you, Raylan. That's, this is the, this is what the ballistics came back at. This is what the prints came back at. He was there at the crime scene. He was on PCP. Yeah. Like, does this real? Like, Mm. she could have made. I think she could have made a good case. Is like, does this really make more sense than the fucking wild man from Oklahoma getting like, you know, dropping out of the sky and fucking up the judge? That there's just some crazy asshole at the park that the judge got in a confrontation with and shot them both. Yeah. No, they know because there was a there's a there's a big there's a big there's a like a four and a half mile gap between the judge kill dying and the girl. mm Hmm. Yeah, she got Still, chased through the park. I, I think they, I think she could have done a song and dance to avoid the suspicion of a federal agent. Maybe. I don't know. I think she put up a stone wall, and now it's on Raylan to prove it. And there, I, I don't know how he does that. Do you think she thought that Raylan would just be like, you know what, fuck this? I'm not taking on <laughs> not Detroit. I'm just gonna go home to my daughter. Like, yeah. 
Uh, I think that might be her hope. Certainly. She suggested it. That was certainly uh -huh. her like, yeah, I guess you can go home and see your daughter now. So yeah, there's almost a threat there too, you know? Um, Oh wow. Cause she tells him to go back to Florida. She doesn't suggest, you know, right. it's not like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice to go see your daughter or whatever now? She's True. like, go home and be with Are your you daughter. Are you saying she was impl impl implying that there was a threat to his daughter? Or just no, like something to, bad to, to happen to like, you? Okay. Yeah, you stick around here, you might end up... Uh, <laughs> eh, I don't know. Dead, who knows? But that's the thing, you know? Uh, people are not as scared of Raylan as maybe they should be. You know, based on him, the character that he is, but also his status uh, within law enforcement like yeah, the Albanians don't give a shit the Albanians pick him up tell right. him to give them his gun and if he doesn't there's the, the implication and I think uh, and I think they'll follow through that he's just a dead man here mm. so yeah Albanians aren't scared of the feds either uh, anyway let's go over to Clem waking up to find Sandy has left and taken his book uh, Del Weems has the misfortune of arriving just then it's kind of a thing in this show of people waking up to an empty bed, isn't it? I mean, we've seen it been this episode. Five, yeah. six, seven, I don't know how many times. It's it's yeah. been Raylan, it's been Carolyn, it's been Clem, it's been everybody. Um, we'll come back to that in a second, but uh we we talked about the Daryl Wood stuff, so I'm not gonna really go into it there's an interrogation also, like, and then it, it was funny that Dell finally showed up because we've been saying this like god when is this guy gonna uh -huh. come back from his retreat when he's come back from his retreat sandy name checked him like he's gonna get back this weekend and he just shows up and the lot i think i think these have i don't know what i expected dell to look like but this is a very satisfying version of dell like when schrodinger's dell came through i'm like yeah that's a dell that's a dell weems all right yeah and his like he's just like perplexed that's my kimono like the idea that he was in any kind of danger mm -hmm. I don't I can't understand people like I know I'm hyper vigilant I've had a therapist tell me so but I can't believe to be so under vigilant that you walk in and you see a dude in tidy whities in a kimono that looks like fucking guile from Street Fighter <laughs> you don't know this guy mm -hmm. and he's in your living room and you're just like yo dude that's my kimono like has this guy never been punched in the face has he never walked down a dark alley at night what yeah. What must it feel like to have no fear? Yeah, the evasion of privacy, or not privacy there, the, the personal space, right, is such uh, an obvious thing. It should set off alarm bells, but I don't know. <laughs> Just run, dude. That's a proper response to that, man. Yeah, turn around, call the cops. He had to notice his car, which has either been towed and impounded or it's been wrecked it and stove in. Like, Oh, I don't know. He probably Ubered from the airport or something. Mm, uh, yeah anxious to get back to Sandy yeah uh, speaking of Sandy she goes to her gate at the airport and she gets a call from Clem who tells her to come back with his money or he'll hunt her down and she has a decision to make at the end of this scene she should have left for Nassau it would have killed Dell but you know what Dell died anyway yep wouldn't have changed the thing for Dell. She still, even though she maximally estimates him, like that little speech she gave to Raylan, I don't care if he's paralyzed, I don't care if he was in, I would still not, because she's that scared of him, but she still doesn't quite estimate him properly. Like, she thinks there's a move that she can make where her and Dell get out of this alive. I don't it, know well, why I think she's that. making that move here. I, I think, like, 
her best bet now is to rely on Raylan, right? Because she's been caught. Clem knows that she's leaving, and he says here in this scene that he will hunt her down if she doesn't come back. And I don't think she can go back at this point. Because like you said, I, when, I, th- I think it's it's over, so right? So when like, did Raylan get there, I guess? That's the question. Uh, must be the between... the boarding here. Yeah, yeah, between now and then. I, I want to say... He gets there before the plane leaves, but it seems almost impossible. That's what I'm saying. It seems like she made the decision to stop and yeah. back a Raylan play rather than run. Maybe she called Raylan or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, I, yeah. I, I, if she makes it to the Bahamas, do you think uh, Clem's able to track her down? Probably not. I mean, Clem yeah. isn't some, you know, organized crime boss he's just a dude uh, honestly without the apparatus of the entire legal system of detroit city i don't know that he can do jack shit because yeah. like they are just mr president get downing him on bullet after bullet that he's supposed to be taken so mm-hmm. uh raylan is stewing out in his car when douche cop knocks on his i'm so sorry 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 brill Let's get there. Brill knocks on his window and redeems himself as much as possible by dropping the gun in Raylan's lap and telling him that he knows Daryl is innocent. AKA not redeeming himself. <laughs> um, yeah, not totally. <laughs> but he's like saying fully 25% of the people in prison he's put away on fabricated charges. But mm-hmm. it's okay because he know they, they did the stuff that deserves it. They did something. Yeah. They might not have done the thing that I put on them, but they did something. Brill's the dude that he hears the I'd rather let a hundred men innocent or let a hundred guilty men go free than convict one innocent person. It's just pfft, scoffs. Uh, yeah, he's the other way around. I'd rather let one innocent man go free and put away a hundred other innocent so I, men. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I noticed in this, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather put a hundred innocent men away than one guilty mother, a really guilty mother, you know, a really guilty mother. If I can go free, mm-hmm. um, I like. I really thought the music in this episode is a, was an improvement. Like for whatever reason, they really unleashed the bluegrass. Like mm-hmm. that, it's definitely when like like when when Raylan's doing, it's like in full effect. Um, I really like the 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 Raylan that kind of grim smile he has. It kind of like him doing the moral calculus on Brill and getting the result that he's happy with. I thought that was pretty. That's that's funny. Yeah, he, he's thinking it. Like he's still an asshole, but I yeah. guess you know. I, I guess I'm glad for him. Yeah, I don't know. Ever since like Sweetie died, it's like the bluegrass is winning the battle in the soundtrack, and I think that's a mm. good thing on this show. I do too. Like we're in Detroit, but. I'd still want it to feel like Justified, and that's a big yeah, part it's of what Raylan made it feel show. Like it's not Detroit show. Ray- yeah. He's bringing the bluegrass with him. He's bringing the bluegrass and the bourbon with him. Uh-huh. So, Clem's about to do bad things to Dell when Sandy calls and apologizes. Clem tells her to meet him at the Radisson by the airport. Raylan is standing next to her. He's the one who had her call, I guess, and says he's got it from here, asks for her phone, and then Clem kills Dell anyway. What you do, man? You, you this guy invented an app, multimillionaire, renting a loft, swanky loft condo overlooking Detroit's finest casino, mm-hmm. and he goes simping for this dirty blonde, and he gets his brains blown out. Just don't do it, guys. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, 
think it's what? funny when when Sandy, you know, is handing over her phone and says, "Can I at least delete some pictures first? Yeah, <laughs> probably some some stuff in there she wants to keep private. Uh, why well, that's take another her phone? thing to rail and roll his eyes like you don't want me to see your titties, but it's okay that I know you're just a morally bankrupt person. Sure, that's there's something really funny about that thing that that aspect of it too. Uh, why does he take her phone? That doesn't come back this episode. Is it going to? I think it's to? just he's going to have to interface with Clem. So if at this point in time Clem tries to call her, he doesn't want any. He doesn't want anyone shit getting away his shit. Okay, That's how I read that makes it. sense because you're yeah. right and they never actually uh do anything with that but maybe maybe that's going to turn the tide next episode i was wondering if he still had that on him because they don't like he's search railing or anything they yeah. just ask for his gun and he hands it over so yeah he's he's got he's got he's probably got a cell phone although i would have yeah i also wouldn't be surprised if they took it from him mm-hmm. yeah we'll see um but it could just be yeah he doesn't want her calling clem and yeah, the first him. time I watched this scene, I was like, Jesus, Sandy, you are such a fucking idiot. Uh, I thought Clem was an idiot believing you on the, but like you are an all time. But then like they, <laughs> and it's so funny because they keep on a lot of these conversations. They do the, there's a slow like rotation of the camera as mm-hmm. they're going back and forth from Clem. And then like by the end of it, it rotates around and there's railing there. It's like, oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah, she's jumping to the railing tree to try and avoid the flood here. Mm-hmm. It's a tall, it's clean, tall, tall tree. tree to climb. Yeah. The flood waters are rising. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Raylan calls Carolyn to tell her that he's meeting Clem, and she tries to convince him not to go or to, you know, like just delay a little bit, but he's set on it. And then we see the Albanians in her office and we understand. Ah, okay. So she told them where Clem's going to be so they can get revenge. She doesn't want Raylan to be there when it happens. So she's trying to get him to... She's trying to keep him from being there because it's going to get ugly. She's not exactly selling him down the river, but like if he's on the river when it floods, it's (laughs) to extend the metaphor, then that's okay Uh with her. Yeah, she's trying to get him out of the way. Right? Like, try, oh, just mean, come back and have a drink it. with me, you know? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm meeting this murderer at a hotel bar for a rendezvous where I'm going to shoot him. Well, do you want to get a drink first, cowboy? Uh, mm-hmm. no. I'm Raylan <laughs> Givens. The only thing I like more than sex is blowing some guilty motherfucker's brains out. Uh, like, come on. That wasn't she, a real try. It, well, there's so much implied there. I mean, she's not asking him to come get a drink. She doesn't give a shit about the drink. She's trying to warn I know. him. The what? The, the what is she? She's oh, trying to warn so him without think, saying the Albanians are coming because I just told them, right? So, oh, so you think this is such a crazy tone deaf offer that Raylan was that supposed, supposed to, pick to be up like that something's wrong? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, he didn't. No, <laughs> I think you're right. That actually <laughs> should have, but but she says it, it's shaky. Okay, but when she says okay, I think she knows that Raylan's in mortal danger, and she's not going to oh, try yeah. to otherwise warn him. No, no, I think you're right. Um, she could have called him after the Albanians left, but well, so do you? Boy, think that my, puts her my, in extreme danger. Well, I think the implication is since they were in what's his name, Thomas, uh, the 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 Albanians' office there at the nursing home, that she went to them. I feel like if this was some kind of duress situation where they rolled up on her tough with guns, it would be at her office or her home. 
So maybe it's, it, it's possible. That's what I'm saying. It, it's it, what breaks my heart is it feels like it was something that she, like, I don't want Raylan to die, but like, I'm also okay if this is what settles the hash once and for all. It could also be that they just grabbed her, grabbed her up and forced her to make this call. Like took her back to their office, forced her to make this call, find out where Clem's going to be. And so she's still trying to warn him because I, I really feel like it's a warning saying, hey, yeah, why don't no, you just I come think... back and have a drink? I actually am, you've swayed me that side, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, she doesn't want Raylan to die, but she wants vengeance for her dad and gotcha. for her own misspent life. That makes and... sense. Yeah. 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 Fuck, fuck your mother. Fuck you. I'm going to the Albanians. Tell them where you'll be. Yeah. I mean, that makes she sense. gave Raylan, but the thing is, is like, I, that's the, that's what it is. She had this whole thing about trusting Raylan and how she does he know this is so important to her. She trusted Raylan. She gave him the gun and Raylan fumbled the ball. <laughs> uh huh. So I guess from her perspective, yeah, because again, he trusted the did. cops. Yeah, and to get and to get vengeance for her father. Yeah, I can see it. I can see. It. Like I said, I don't think she wants Raylan to die. She's okay mm. with that being a possibility. Maybe she also thinks Raylan's badass enough that he can take care of himself. <laughs> maybe we'll see maybe that pink rhinestone uh, phone will come in handy next episode <laughs> anyway let's go to the final scene here uh, or series of scenes I guess Raylan arrives at the Radisson bar and finds Clem waiting he sits down orders Clem another drink puts the gun in front of him and tells him to draw anytime he wants then the Albanian let, let's, let's stay, stay there for a second I really love this scene. This is this the kind scene. of scene that I just, it, it's so justified. It's so Raylan. And Clem is an excellent opponent in this scene too. Cause he's yes. not an idiot. He's not, he, he knows what it means if he tries to draw, right? He's probably dead. And if he's not dead, his prints are on this gun. So and he shot a marshal in plain view. Like there's a at least a bartender back then. I don't know. He might maybe murders a bartender, but yeah, he's sure, there's a nationwide yeah. manhunt on this guy. Uh huh. So he's not dumb enough to do it, but he's also kind of in a pickle because Braylon's not going away. I want to ask you. So where as I got some I got some opinions on this, but I want to know where are you at on Clem's inner state of mind when he's staring at that bag with the gun in it. His interstate of what's he thinking? He's probably thinking, that's my gun. He wouldn't be here trying to do this if he had anything on me, is the other thing, right? Like, if he could actually pin me to the wall with the prints on this gun, he'd do that. So he doesn't have me, but I can't really get out of this situation without, without some miracle. See this this scene reminded me. You remember in um, Tombstone uh-huh. when Johnny Ringo shows up that dry gulch, expecting to kill Wyatt Earp, and Doc Holliday has shown up in his place, and hmm. uh, you know Holiday's like, "We never got to finish that game we started up, that game for blood." Remember? And he's like, "Oh, I was just fooling around, Doc." And Doc's like, "I wasn't." Mm-hmm. This is what I thought the scene felt like to me. Like yeah. this guy's when talking he was threatening mad him. shit when Raylan's mm-hmm. within his official police capacity, all these people surrounding him. And now he's looking across because Raylan does not give a fuck. His face is no. like etched in granite. He's just he's just like doesn't even care. Like mm-hmm. whatever you do, I'm ready for you, boy. 
Mm-hmm. And I think Clem is scared. He doesn't want any oh, of this smoke suddenly. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is his worst nightmare, but he brought it on himself. He's such an idiot, right? Yeah. But then, like, what's got to be going through Raylan's head when the Albanians show up? Like, talk oh about how supernatural this guy's luck. Uh-huh. He's about, like, he is... Yeah, but although I think you're kind of right, if Clem just like you know what, fuck you, I'm not playing this game, gets up and leaves. I don't know what Raylan does. He doesn't drop it for sure. He's still coming at him. Um, it's just a matter of like he okay, doesn't what's shoot the him angle in the back. Like, no, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. How does he get him after that? I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, the Alba- the Albanians show up. They drive both of them out to a bridge and they toss the murder weapon over and continue driving. That's kind of the end of the episode here. It's a cliffhanger. Uh, is this the same bridge that Sandy didn't dump the gun over? I don't think so. I thought it looked the irony of exactly. it. I thought it looked exactly and I thought that irony, although it did make me think of like, why does Detroit Police Department just sweep this bridge? I just have drivers yeah. every morning. Yeah. Divers rather every morning just go down to some metal detectors and you'd probably instantly increase the clearance rate because this is just the murder gun bridge. <laughs> Maybe you know, like so. There's that one there's that one bridge in in Paris everybody locks the locks with their names carved on it. Uh-huh. That's that's this is the murder gun bridge. You just go there if you had a murder gun, you throw it over. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Every other week, they dredge this thing out looking for guns. Right, right. Uh, uh, yeah, man, but- it's it's such a it's such a one two punch here because like the irony of the gun going over now when it was supposed to go over forever ago, and there goes the evidence to put Clem away. Right, like if the prints were on the gun before, and you can see it in Raylan's eyes when he he sees it go over, and he's just like, God damn it, that's it. There it goes. Yeah, and the, the, this also shows you this the, the difference in like seriousness, seriousness of people. Like you know, Clem's just some asshole from Oklahoma, and Raylan's a dude from Harlan. Harlan's a dangerous place. This guy's talking about, I think, mm-hmm. the Kosovo conflict. Oh, okay. Um, where ethnic Albanians, uh, uh were getting you know, like uh getting opposed by there's this, this big fight between them and the the Serbs and I like I said I was just like 12 13 when all this was happening but like you know he's talking about dozens of people dying in bombings and shootings mm-hmm. and like what a relatively paradise it is when he comes to and he's talking about Detroit by the way yeah like this guy's just a different level of hardness than these other these others and like I don't think Clem's aware of it cuz he's like smirking in the back like when this guy throws his gun away Clem's like huh fuck you Raylan what does Clem know that I don't know because like nothing he knows less than you know he's an idiot he just he thinks it's funny that Raylan's kind of humiliated because you're gonna die screaming naked in about 30 minutes is what what I would predict Mm -hmm. yeah well you're gonna start the screaming in the naked part and so you probably die a couple hours later but right I he might just be he might just think his luck is that good right uh, like he thinks he's untouchable he really does and even in these situations he still feels like that I mean he that's the thing he is a likable asshole and sometimes that makes me think he's maybe more clever than he is but because yeah I'm like I don't know if this they that this show's telling me that he's anything but just for some reason getting all this benevolent treatment by the Detroit Police Department um mm-hmm 
Man, it's gotta be something that goes beyond just the book of it all, right? Like, uh, maybe I they, don't know. That they implied that the Wrecking Crew was like, or was that just Carolyn being a good lawyer? What about the Wrecking Crew? Well, I'm trying to think. It's because like Ed, there's this mystique about even before the judge case uh, with the Oklahoma Wild Man that he's just like supernaturally able to get off of cases. And mm-hmm. they talk about the Wrecking Crew case, and I think you're supposed to understand that Carolyn is just a really good lawyer for that one. But maybe ever since something like Raylan said, there's some combination of the book and this guy that's got everybody acting weird. I think that the, the all of the official justice apparatus of Detroit is mm-hmm. bent toward protecting Clem because they're just desperate to get the book back. Once they get the book yeah, in their custody, the it's probably fuck this guy. But nobody's totally. taking him down until they get that secured. Uh huh. Because they sure as hell don't want the U.S. Marshal Services getting their hand on it. Right. Uh, who has the book at the moment? Because Sandy took I, it. Sandy's it must be Raylan or or some law enforcement, right? I mean, Raylan probably has the book on him, if I had to guess. Unless he gives it to Wendell? Sure. But God, that's within the timing of the airport thing. She must have been waiting for hours in that airport for him. Uh, yeah. It's possible. Yeah, how long? I guess how long does it take Clem to get? Because it's daylight. I guess when you... yeah, she gives it to him. She must give it to him, right? There's no way Sandy still has the book on her. Where is Sandy? Still at the airport, for all I know. But was she in custody? Who's gonna take her into custody? The cops are dirty. Brill, maybe. He'll trust well, Brill to take like, her. Oh, in? the other thing is, like, I don't think that anyone knows what Raylan's doing. He stole a gun, huh. gun out of evidence. Although him having the gun. No, no, Brill gives the gun. Okay, Brill gives uh-huh, him the gun. Uh-huh. So <sighs> it's, I, day, it's daylight when Dell gets his brains blown out. It's nighttime when he's at the Radisson. Did it just take? Did we just have a few hours where Raylan's able to kind of set things up? We might have. Yeah, I I can but see Wendell how does Raylan having that? Sandy in custody. I think he would trust Wendell still. I think that's that's where I'm arriving. He yeah. doesn't. Brill, Brill's an asshole and he doesn't respect his police work. Mo mm-hmm. is corrupt. Wendell is the guy he thinks he can trust. Yeah. Which I hope that makes he can. Sense. I really like Wendell. Me too. Yeah, he, he didn't seem dirty, but pff, he shut down that conversation about dirty cops pretty fast. So, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I feel like shitty bunk fan fiction if he turns out to be, <laughs> or I guess <laughs> hater fiction if he turns out to be a bent cop. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, man. I, it, I, I like the way that Raylan... It, well, hmm. So it's a little weird because the scene prior to this, Raylan seems like he's ready to draw down on Clem and blow him away if Clem grabs his gun. And in this scene, he's trying to appeal to the Albanian saying, we got the evidence. I got the goods on him. I'm about to put him away for multiple decades. Let me just have this one. But that he didn't knows. seem like his disposition in the previous scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially since he doesn't have the prince. <laughs> but or, or he yeah. doesn't think he has the prince, which is, again, something I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that. But um, yeah, I don't know if any but the of thing that is, stuff is he, actually he makes He already sense, had this but... conversation with Tomo in much better circumstances when he was not in their custody and when uh, he was with another police officer and at their place of business. And Tomo essentially said, well... Uh, if I find him first, he's going to get split in half like a old piece of seasoned kitten firewood. And 
I don't know why Raylan's trying. It's I don't know. It, it feels pathetic and weak for him to try mm-hmm. to like, oh, just let me put him in jail, man. Yeah. Especially because that's he's not got, what he was doing in the previous scene. I, if I was Raylan, I'd be worried about like, getting out of there alive. Um, do you think he thinks he's in danger? Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Yeah, okay, let me try and make make oh, sense of have, this here. Okay, and I also it, have a bomb theory that I want to not forget to talk about. In the previous scene, the gun isn't loaded. Mm-hmm. Would that would that change the calculus here? Because if he can get Clem to grab this gun and try and draw on him, he gets his prints on the thing, and there will be no we- there will be no bullets in the weapon, so he won't be able to fire it. And Raylan doesn't intend to shoot him. He but intends Raylan to. Knows, he says, "I don't want your confession because it'll be under like." <laughs> there's got to be a camera in that bar. Like <laughs> they're going to get this guy pulling on Raylan and he's got the prints and they're like well that's where to, but I guess it's a crime you could put someone away for trying to killing a federal officer that's a crime that's a crime that probably carries a life sentence in jail right sure so what you're saying is they There's couldn't no, they couldn't then connect him to the wrecking no, crew or the judge Raylan might because not they, care because all Raylan not, wants yeah. to do is get him off the street and trying to kill a federal officer is is one way to do that. But again, there's so much splaining you'd have to do. Like, you know, like right. either you got to say, hey, I stole this from your evidence locker or <laughs> uh-huh. uh, some asshole dropped it off. my like, yeah, there's just a lot. I, like I said, I'd love to see the police report. And there's some explaining that the this. show would have to do, too, because they they very much in that scene said he wanted to kill Clem. They would have to retroactively like show us that there were no bullets in that gun or something but the gun is gone so it, I don't know how they're going to do that unless they flash back to 20 minutes ago is it possible while Wendell switched they got the book you know he, he got the book from Sandy and Raylan and their their meeting uh, hypothetically mm-hmm. is it possible they switched out the gun I think it's interesting that like they they made a big point of telling us that this is a replica. This isn't a uh-huh. gen, like no one. This isn't some gun that some guy's grandfather beat a German to death and took it off his body. And it's like an heirloom. And this is just some replica, you know, replica, replica weapon. Is it possible they switched it and that like Raylan is confident that the prints are on it and he's still got the original tucked away someplace safe with Wendell. And this is just uh, another replica that they threw out. Yeah, what does that get him? Um, I mean, if Raylan is confident that the prints are on it, it allows. Yeah, I don't know what it gets Raylan if his original strategy of the guy shooting him doesn't pan out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where that gets him. If he's got the prints, just go use the prints. You know, take make this a federal case. You're listening to the Justified Podcast. We'll be right back. deputy we're back with the justified podcast but allow him to kill brill and if it's not the actual gun in the evidence room that would like tie that off nice too because it's just it's 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 similar but it's not the same and this guy just showed up with the gun and tried to kill me and i drew and is justified <laughs> no one needs yeah, to know maybe. it came out of a paper bag on the paper but again if they're on video I don't know because like sometimes I don't know like if the show like you know because it's possible shows just make mistakes because like when I ever I see it's a, now in 2023 it's like where do you commit a crime yeah. that 
you are not going to be caught within a block or two of the location on some kind of camera. It's mm-hmm. usually police sloth that lets so many cri- uh, criminals go free than it is like, oh, it's just impossible to solve these crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or I guess you gotta be out sloth, in like Harlan, Kentucky or something, right? The misallocation County. of misallocation of resources. Um, but sure. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I because like I'm just yeah, I'm trying to figure out like how where is this going to go other than railing to shooting a guy. Yeah, and I mean now that the Albanians have him, I how he gets out of this, I I can't see it. I really can't see it. No one aside from Carolyn. I mean, Carolyn knows that the Albanians probably have him. She knows where the Albanians live. She could have a change of heart and try and get what the co- the dirty ass cops to come in and save him she, Maureen doesn't want to do that I guess Brill Wendell maybe be better I, for everyone if Raylan dies honestly yeah for Maureen especially or for, for team uh, judges black book anyway and yeah that whole team I I don't know man all right you can set you're ready to consider feedback because we got some good stuff yeah yeah I'm excited to see where it goes but let's get into feedback uh, justified at baldmove.com is how you send feedback. Uh, so we talked about, we, we just talked about the odds of Raylan killing Clem. I'm putting a metaphorical gun to your head, Jim, and I'm saying right now, how many big bads of each season, like what's what's the percentage of big bads in each season of Justified that Raylan has shot himself? Uh, So I guess it depends on what you mean when you say big bad. Boone count as a big bad even though he's working for somebody else who was the bigger bad or you know that that kind of thing but let's say it's oh see I know this is a trick question I'm going to go with what I think is low and I'm going to say 60% Mike from Orange County has done the math and here it is in your discussion mm-hmm. the latest episode about whether Raylan will kill Clement made me realize something I never considered before which is Raylan never kills the big bad and season one doesn't have a season-long big bad, but Bo Crowder assumes the role in the latter half of the season. He's killed by the Miami cartel. And season two, Mags Bennett, of course, offs herself. Mm-hmm. Season three, Robert Quarles is shot by Errol and his arms chopped off by Limehouse. <laughs> season four, again, doesn't have a big season, uh, full season big bad, but Nikki Augustine is the closest thing to it. And r- while Raylan does arrange his death, he doesn't pull the trigger himself. Season five, Daryl Crow Jr. is killed by Sister Wendy. In season six, Avery Markham is killed by Boyd. Boyd, of course, is arrested, but not killed by Raylan. So if Raylan ultimately does take out Clement Manziel by his own hand, City Primeval, Primeval will be breaking new ground. And I additionally wondered how many major characters of any sort has Raylan killed. After a quick visit to the Justified Wiki, here's a complete list of the characters who appeared in more than two episodes that were killed by Raylan. Coover Bennett. In uh, he was in seven episodes of season two. Choo Choo, can't forget Choo Choo. Appeared Who? in four I episodes in season six. He's the kind of dude that they called like he was like a big kind of dumb dude that they called Choo Choo. One okay. of the goons that was I like thought Hoover Bennett was the big dumb dude. <laughs> but well, he, but he's not. He wasn't. A, he wasn't. A, I think a good dude. I thought Choo Choo kind of was. Uh-huh. Um, okay. uh, he appeared in four episodes in season six. Ty Walker appears in eight episodes in season six, and of course Boone. I think that's one we recency bias appeared in five episodes in season mm-hmm. six. So almost all of Raylan's kills and Justified were one-offs, except for the final season. Huh. That is shocking. Yeah, it's not how I remember it, but I trust you. I believe you're right. 
Yeah, like if you got evidence, but like all the main big bads, this checks completely out. Um, and like so maybe said, he boom. can make up for it in this season and kill. Let's see, Maureen and Clem, maybe Toma. Uh, I don't know who else he'd have to kill to make up for it. Yeah, all all <laughs> everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo, the person Mo works for. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I appreciate you doing the uh, the math on that because uh, I I would have bet a lot of money that is about fifty percent is what I was going to guess. But uh, mm-hmm. Tyler says uh, Trinell was told by so this is a thing we we goofed up. Trinell was told by the attorney to take the gun and hide it in the last episode, uh, not to let Clem or Sweetie know where it's at. The gun in the bar when Lenny Lonnie walks in is not the same. It was hidden. Uh, a couple people wrote in huh, to tell us okay. that Tyler was the first. I want to give you credit for that. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, I wondered about the gun that Clem's got. I thought it looked very similar to Raylan's uh, Sig. Um, and I wondered if he was kind of like unconsciously aping him. And Mike says, in reference to Clem's gun, it appears to be a Sig 226 or 229, which would track with one of the guns in Skinder's safe when Clem tried shaking him down. So he, uh. this is Skinder's gun. Raylan also carried a Glock or has carried a Glock 17 9 millimeter for the bulk of the series, except for the pilot episode where he had a SIG 226 where he draws down on the Miami gangster in the opening scene. Hmm. Perhaps this is an intentional callback to for the showrunners or just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I bet it's an intentional callback, just the way they had Boone wear a businessman Stetson mm-hmm. uh, to kind of like, you know, lampshade the fact that Raylan's wearing the wrong hat, according to Elmore Leonard. I bet I bet it is a, a sly a sly nod to the series uh, premiere. But anyway, I thought that was cool. Thanks for connecting that dots for us. John says the guy in season three who did the ice pick through the hand thing was Fletcher Ice Pick Nix, played by Desmond Harrington, who's an associate of Quarles but not Quarles himself. It's exactly the gun that Clem used to silence Sweetie for good was Law Garages from the safe in the Panic Sexy Times room. Yep. The season has been a classic slow burn of the fuse. I cannot wait for the fire in the hole, followed by the big boom of a shootout. The show has done an amazing job of edging us all for the classic Raylan gun down and then shying away from it. So the release when it comes will be sweet. Although it seems to be the Raylan's a bit of a gun tease, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes down to these finales. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like he's got to face off against Clem, but knowing the stats now that I do, there's no guarantee of that. In fact, it's less likely that he draws on Clem. Do you think they'll play You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive, even though it's Detroit? And uh, which would you prefer? Because I, I, to me, that's justified. Season Justified's not over until they fire up You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive. I agree. And the synopsis, the IMDb synopsis is two lines for the next episode, the finale. It says Raylan attempts to make it out of Detroit alive. So, yeah, I think so. And I'm with you. It, it won't feel like justified unless I get some hint of that theme. I would, yeah. I'd rather maybe they can just play the instrumental, so they don't yeah. have the obvious lyrical callback. Because um, it will be weird. You never leave Harlan alive when you're talking about Detroit. But uh, RCM says, "How does ripping a page out of a blackmail book make the person being blackmailed feel any way secure? I mean, you can scan or take an image of the page, and even if you don't, that knowledge is still out there. I don't know. At times, I'm just barreling along with the plot, and every once in a while, when I see Clement or Sweetie rip out a page and hand it to the victim, I'm like, what? Is that persuasive to you? I don't know. In court, I think it would be a lot less persuasive to have a photocopy of some page that might have existed at some point than the actual page in the book. 
Now, I think RCM's onto something with enough witnesses, yeah, enough uh-huh. uh, other indirect evidence and the copies. But like, there's a reason that people take like originals of contracts and shit really serious because mm-hmm. that shit. Now, in 2023, with the shit that Adobe Photoshop can do out of the box, I think all of this, like, we we are we are have a we are a society of a house of cards built on trust that isn't real anymore. When, and that when, is and that is rapidly being shown for what it is you know it hasn't been real for 10 years and, and we uh-huh. just haven't realized we thought our doors are locked but we've been unlocking them we've had, we've been going to sleep with them unlocked and I, I don't know what happens in society but like yeah i do think having the originals gives people quite a bit of peace of mind uh-huh especially when so. he's talking about a physical book and not like uh it's it's if it's like a usb drive then yeah i'd be like what the fuck is that yeah let me let me take out gonna... my laptop and i'll delete the file <laughs> uh-huh yeah but a real physical book they might have something there uh he also has another problem how do you go in for the arrest when nothing else has been exchanged Raylan would have to know that uh, uh makes about as much sense as well ripping a page out of the blackmail book it also seemed like there was more than one name on some of those pages Anyway, all the best. Um, I think that the idea is this guy physically threatened a court officer and offered money in exchange to blackmail her. And if you show up and he's got a deadly weapon and he actually has the blackmail on him, then you've just got him. Oh, yeah. Not on the other charges, but these are charges enough that you can just take him into custody and it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he doesn't have a gun and he doesn't have the block, he's just some dude talking about money and, you know, making a casual threat against a person. He doesn't even know she's a, a, a lawyer or something, right? You think that's the correct I, I analysis? think that's that's the size of it. And and when he goes up to her, I don't recall him saying anything that directly implicates him in like. I, I was says, the guy you, you spoke f- to on the phone, but I'm not sure about that. And he also like the, I think it's a credible threat when he says, "Are you a, you're you're underestimating my willingness to put my hands on you in front of all these people?" Mm, does he say that? To me, that's it's like. But the thing is, is like at best, that's literally simple assault. Like telling, right. threatening someone to, in most jurisdictions, everything's different. Before you go threatening to beat people up or beating people up, consult <laughs> your own fucking lawyer. But most jurisdictions, simple assault is just saying, "I'm going to kick your ass." Doesn't mm. have to be. It's just like just that's an assault a verbal threat is considered an assault um so like but the thing is is like he probably won't even be like detained for that right that's the thing they don't just want to send him to jail for the week they want yeah to send him to prison for probably release that same day or the next day when the judge says i think he's got a prior record but like yeah that's not going to do anything but piss him off probably legally speaking so I think I felt like it was a pretty well filmed scene. Um, just how you just how you feel about the the level of trust and we have in copies and originals of society. Uh, finally, we kind of already talked about this. This is a little bit of dry pie, but I'll give credit to therapist Tom. Uh, talks. He's he's essentially said that the uh, the series has been kind of um, Raylan's going from being the angriest man to just merely the st- stubbornest man. Mm-hmm. A big part of Raylan's arc was him no longer being driven by rage. My big question was, what does Marshall Raylan look like without the anger being his driving force? As far as I can tell, Timothy's playing it super well. He seems a little bit more zen. He doesn't seem as driven by anger, but he does remain highly motivated and dedicated to his job. 
My prediction is the growing frustration with this case getting jerked around from people and uh, with power and a possible daughter napping might bring back the, out the angry, old angry Raylan. And when it happens, he might shoot everyone in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the story they told this episode. He is pissed about the Maureen stuff. Pissed enough to shoot. Yeah, I guess like when you're dealing with this much injustice, that's another way that you can like, well, what is it? You know, it's like, okay, well, maybe we don't like Raylan being as loose cannon as he is, but also he's he's not dirty. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, because, like, I, I thought, sure, they were going to get the daughter back in. Yeah. I mean, threatening his family would be a great way to piss him off, but I don't see it. I still don't yeah. see it in this final episode. I just don't see the path to it in one more episode. Yeah, especially although this was a, a very short episode. I don't know if we got the runtime confirmed for the next episode, but this was only like a 40 minute episode. So maybe there it'll be an extra. Because it does. That's the thing is like uh, like a de- like it's, it doesn't take a whole episode to dash down to Miami and kidnap his daughter. Right. It's like a, it's a damn near 24 hour drive. But he does it. He's the wild man. And then he just got uh, he's got Raylan on the phone. And it's like, I got your. But then how does that work? Then Raylan's got to drive down there. Does she come back to Detroit? That's the only way this works is if she loses her mind and comes back to Detroit to patch things up with her dad without telling him. <laughs> like, I don't even see how he gets out of this car is the problem. Like, let alone yeah. down to Florida into Raylan's house and like. Like, he doesn't know where Raylan lives. He he's gonna go to Winona's house. Does he know that he was ever married? Does he know where Winona lives and who she is? None of that would track. So I really don't see a path there. I don't even see a path out of this SUV for him. Yeah. But yeah, it, clearly it has to happen. We've got a whole episode to go, and it can't be Clem getting Clem and Raylan getting tortured by the Albanians for forty five minutes. He would think. <laughs> he would think. Uh, that's all the email we got. Justified at baldmove.com. If you got thoughts going into the finale episode or on the finale episode, I'm not sure. I We haven't scheduled out about whether we'll do a, a wrap-up on Justified. I guess it depends on um, how much feedback we get and how mind-blowing the uh, finale is. Uh, but we will be back next week for that. Justified at baldmove.com. If you want to know what else we're covering, because, man, we're doing so much stuff right now. Uh, we just started Ahsoka. We're, we're starting Ahsoka this week. Uh, the new Star Wars show from Disney Plus. We're still doing uh, Foundation over on Apple TV Plus, which is a fantastic series. We're about to start uh, Daryl from uh, The Walking Dead spinoff, which is Daryl from The Walking Dead spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Loki. Going to be heavy on Disney and Marvel stuff. Uh, check us out. All the social media is at Bald Move, uh, except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move there. And finally, if you'd like to support us and get a little bit extra for yourself, Maybe ditch the ads, get ad-free feed, get some extra bonus digital audio content. Uh, Check us out at support.baldmove.com. Thanks for listening here to our Justified podcast. We'll be back next week for the thrilling conclusion of the Judge Guy Albanian Oklahoma Wild Man saga of Justified. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.